welcome to the Firefly Creatrix podcast. For this first series, I'm going to be exploring creativity from different aspects, using a different theme and topic to talk around each episode. Um, So you'll just hear my voice for this series, but let's see what comes next. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And looking forward to hearing any feedback and starting more nourishing conversations. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today, as I'm recording, it is Beltane, 1st of May. So happy Beltane, the marker of the the equidistant day between spring equinox and summer solstice. So we're moving towards that brighter light and um, yeah, releasing some of the fire today within this festival. Um, And yeah, I am curious about what I'm sort of called to talk about today, which is creativity and the feminine, Um, and what wants to also be heard is about politics and how, how, how creativity is political, it's a political act, it's part of it's part of society, it's about how society grows and expresses itself and um, yeah, how decisions are made. And I found this definition of politics because I really don't resonate with that word or, or how it shows up in modern culture or in my culture, in, in the culture that I experience. But then when I when I found the definition for it that says... Politics is the set of activities that are associated with making decisions in groups or other forms of power relations among among individuals, such as the distribution of resources or status. And in that context, it feels like, how can creativity not be political? I mean, it is so key to commentary if nothing else I mean it is a it is a way of starting revolutions it's a way of informing it's a way of communicating um and it's also just a way sometimes just of of commentary of social commentary of where we are right now how people are are included or not included how people are reacting to certain decisions within the within the political world um, and yeah, as I say, you know, think about the suffragette movement and um, many other movements to kind of reveal reveal what's going on, or you know, reveal to the wider the, the mainstream world what's going on within society. Creativity and co- communicating visually has always been used because it's such a a powerful tool. Um, and it's a way to get a message potentially very quickly. Obviously, we're in a very um, different world now with social media. But, I mean, social media is is also that. It's also this ability to create and then put it into a space, put your creative, your created thing into a space Um for people to interact with, for people to learn from maybe, to be triggered by, to be influenced by, to be inspired by. 
Um, and as always, with any of these topics, if you've listened to the other episodes, I go back, um, you know, I, I, I sort of co- connect myself to previous versions of me and look at how my creative journey has developed through this lens. Um, and if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I do a lot of drawing and the last few years, I suppose, the last few years, and especially the last year, I've really been called to create a lot of drawings around the feminine and around the power of the feminine, the kind of uncelebrated sides of the feminine. I mean, the, the, the Nityas, the moon phase goddess cards, the moon phase goddess illustrations really took me on a journey that I was already on, but it deepened my journey and my connection to this idea that all aspects of the feminine, and likewise all aspects of the masculine, but all aspects of the feminine um, in the context that I've sort of been working can and, you know, can be celebrated, should, (laughs) don't like that word, but should be celebrated and can be seen um, with and you know for a for a holistic um, and and unapologetic expression of ourselves, we and I must say I I realize and I recognize that I must celebrate all of those sides, even if they're not comfortable, um, even if I can't show them publicly. For me, like the drawing and the revealing and the connecting, the connecting to those, you know, I say darker, but you know, then there, that's just a, a binary, whether something's light or dark or positive or negative. They're just what is currently not seen as normal within our, within our cultivated, um, structures of society um so yeah that's something that I do right now and I probably will come back to that um as I wander through this conversation but what came has come through for me very strongly this weekend is this connection to the 22 and 23 year old version of myself and at that time my um my creative output my creative kind of passion outside of my job and outside of like the creativity that I quote unquote had to do but because that was how I earned my earned money and how I was employed um, was photography and I had just moved to London I moved to London when I was 21 moved to London um, suddenly had this free time and I've really this weekend um, I've had time (laughs) and I always have time like that's that's the life that I've created for myself I have have always strived (laughs) find my words I've always strived towards creating a more flexible and more dynamic structure for my creativity to to flow into in the last 10 years I would say that's been my kind of um, journey towards that, towards a more a more lenient way of living and a more inclusive way for all of the sides of me, for all of my experiences to be 
um, welcomed and included. There's some drilling going on, so I'm hoping that's not going to be picked up too strong. Um, but yeah, when as as an employed person in my early twenties, I suddenly had this expanse of time at the weekends and evenings because I'd come from the third year of university being very very intensive time-wise um or, or that's how I chose to that was my coping mechanism with the way that university especially the third year was um structured was for me to do my good girl and my perfectionist and work a lot a lot a lot a lot to try to please to try to get the grades that I wanted, to try to get the recognition that I had been so used to up until that point. Um, and then suddenly, when that was finished, when the third year was finished and I graduated, and I then, you know, eventually after some six months of interning, got a job, I had this time. And it suddenly, it felt vast and exciting. And... Um, like invitational and I think I'd already yeah I had been oh yeah so I did photography A level that was where the photography had kind of come in and I was always interested in it but at A level I got to like learn you know we it was more old school we used the dark room and we um, developed our own films and printed our own images which I loved I loved the kind of anything hands-on <laughs> so um yeah, so exciting to me. Anything that you can, it, it, there's a process. There's a process of of how to get there, um, and the creative the creativity comes through the actual pointing and shooting the camera, and also comes through the developing and the the process in the dark room. I I I really loved that. So coming to this point in my early twenties, I had yeah, I had this time. I had cameras. Uh, film cameras that was my chosen I chose not to go digital for a while um because I just really loved the the trust I and I loved the that creating something and and not being able to you know removing the instantness of it (laughs) the fact that I, I took a photo and I didn't know whether it had been successful I didn't know whether I captured what I thought I wanted to capture and what I did want to capture was these moments with people. So I, I, it was called it's called street photography, and and it does I, I believe still exist in a, in a certain context. But I would join these street photography comp- not competitions, um, containers I suppose, like where you just it was a free thing to join and and you just submit it. It was there was a weekly theme and you submitted a photo at the end of the week that you felt answered the brief and. Um, you could see other people's ways of interpreting interpreting it or something that they'd found that they felt was really um, indicative of that theme. And I guess that, yeah, that structure was really beautiful because it, it gave me purpose. As I, When I went out, you know, I had a purpose, but I, it didn't matter if I didn't... didn't matter if I didn't achieve or I didn't create something that I felt was perfect. Often I'd find other things along the way and it was, it was you know, it was a motivation to get me out, <laughs> get me out and about, which I don't need much motivation. Um, actually, what it normally is, is that I will find 
a cafe or some or, or a place to eat that I really want to go to and I will be creative about how I get there like it'll often if I'm staying somewhere new it will be somewhere across town or somewhere you know not very local to me so that I need to walk a different direction or um yeah take a different transport that I haven't taken before and and that means that I get to explore and interact with a different environment so in a way I'm still very inspired by what that 22 year old version of myself wanted to do which was to just see and observe people and observe how people interacted with each other and even at the time I would call it I think I did have this language at the time but I would call it these this mundane not mundane magic that's more like what I would say now but like the mund the the sort of extraordinary in the ordinary like the extraordinary in the mundane these little moments between people where yeah this sort of little sparkles happen or it might be just like the shadow how a shadow falls um or and interacts with another shadow that you know you d you don't see if you when you're rushing around in life you don't see these little bits of magic or like the interaction the, this the smile as you t as you hand a, a cashier some money or um the determination on someone's face when they're like rushing to get to a, a bus that's about to pull away or something like that it's these little moments of like human humanness that I was always really interested in so I'd go out and I'd capture things and there's a whole ethical issue here because you're not asking for permission for people to take their their photograph and so I imagine nowadays it's much harder um, than it yeah as it should be in my opinion um, I never you know I never got in people's faces it was more about and some street photographers do that's their thing they come up right in people's faces and they just snap a photo just to get the reaction and there's some incredible examples if you google there's some incredible examples of of people's reactions to that kind of work um for me it was more sort of street scenes and yeah just i mean yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't do it now it's my my um my moral core has has changed and, and I don't I, I love to observe those things but I wouldn't want to photograph them um so yeah but sending love to my 22 year old self who didn't have that the, yeah she didn't have that code she she just she but and and still you know holding that holding that kind of excitement the the joy in seeing those things because it was it was about seeing them mostly and then obviously the the ability to capture them and record them on film was was trying to trying to celebrate them trying to really like showcase them and I suppose part of me I feel like <laughs> sort of conversing with her now part of her wanted to my 22 year old self I'm talking about part of her wanted to you know shout at people and be like look look how amazing look how amazing this is look how amazing our humanness is that we you know run about our days and yet every interaction has this little bit of yeah like 
the magic. Again, I can't think of another word. It's got the magic. <laughs> so there, yeah, I mean, there's a theme. <laughs> we're, we're talking like over a decade later and I'm still talking about magic. Um, so yeah, I used to go to like uh, rallies, or what does he call it? Like marches, like the May, uh, interestingly, the May Day March was one that I went to. That's, it's May Day today. So, um, yeah, the May Day March I would go to and um, just look at, like, the interaction between the people, the security and the the people who were marching and what the energy was like and, like, carnival and things like that, you know, going to these places where, yes, there was a lot of joy and, the, you know, there, there was every human emotion, every every kind of... The whole spectrum was existing in every street scene, let alone, you know, in a carnival or a, or a march. And what came then from this, which was interesting, was that I then started to look at newspapers. And in London at the time, you still get quite a lot, but obviously everything's a lot more online now. But you used to get a lot of free newspapers on the tubes. Um, so I'd always pick up the free newspaper and I'd scan through just to look for any headlines that felt kind of I mean every headline is political but they felt kind of state like statements that would almost narrate or um be relevant to some of the things that I was capturing or you know like something that was a juxtap juxtap like juxtaposed to what I was seeing um so I would I ended up with this box of newspaper clippings under my bed that still have never been used I'm not going to tell you that I magically created an amazing body of work um still have never been used and and they have post-it notes all over them of like questioning what could fit in with what and so yeah I still I still don't have any answers I still don't have any answers but what what's interesting in reflection was that I, what I wanted to really create was almost a, almost collages, almost sort of um, collage, collage statements, collection like collections of things that we get fed every day. So the news, the media, magazines, um, ways that women's bodies are controlled or told to be a certain way, or that this will make you better, or more beautiful, or more appealing, or more likeable. Um, again, wouldn't have had this language at the time, and that's something I've been journaling about today, is, is how language for me has been such a huge... And I think it's partly why I went behind the lens, because I didn't have the language. I, I, I just had what I saw. I had this visual perspective of look how look how amazing we are and yet I couldn't put that into words I couldn't say why that I couldn't say why that wasn't already celebrated I couldn't say I, yeah I, I didn't have the language to to understand for myself that women especially the feminine um the feminine side of ourselves regardless of what gender we are is not allowed or it's, it's just not celebrated it's not seen as being valuable um 
and even some of the photographs I, I, I took, I'm thinking now of one of a, a police officer standing behind a sort of police line, was in Brixton, and a lady just came to ask him a question, and his body language just, you know, said, don't, don't ask me anything, or, you know, don't interact with me, and don't push me. What it feels like is that creativity, at the time, again, I would not have had this language, creativity is a very feminine energy like the ability to create and to flow and to dance with a concept with an idea is a very create a very feminine energy and yet with with that we need this masculine container this masculine um, safety around us to be able to flow within a safe space I definitely, when I reflect on my journey, I can see that I've been in very masculine creative environments that were very strong and and had rules and very clear aims and um, very clear expectations, which was great to an extent. And over time for me, it stifled me. It, It kind of left me unable to release the full power of my creativity and almost afraid to because there were too many there were again this is my quote too many for me there were too many uh, rights and wrongs it wasn't a it, it, there wasn't this energy of seeing the beauty in in different ways of approaching something a topic or a way of expressing a particular need for visual, you know, expressing visual communication in a, in, in a variety of ways and within my creative journey as a whole I've, I've gone the other way when I came out of that more masculine environment I over time not instantly but I was drawn so much towards this complete energy of flow this complete um, surrender to the divine which we talked about in a previous episode um, to the cycles, which again talked about in the previous episode, and, and just allowing that idea of flow to be to be main the, the the main kind of holding space, which I still believe for me is the most um, ironically the most productive and the most um, nourishing way for me to work and. I'm now coming back to this medium where I recognize and welcoming in the masculine container around, doesn't mean that it needs to be that I'm working with people that identify as men. It just means that I recognize that I need more structure, a little bit more kind of stability and um, ways, you know, I'm building, I build in ways that, give me rules that are allowed are allowed to be broken that are allowed to be danced around so it's not there's not a strict procedure but there is a structure in place that gives me and gives the people that I work with obviously but it's it's more it's more about how I approach it for myself um because in terms of interacting with clients I've always had a structure it's more about how I then approach the work when I'm when I'm by myself 
Um, so yeah, looking back to that girl, I call her a girl, I feel like early 20s, just there's still this such energy of, and it's so beautiful, so beautiful, this naivety, this like trust for me, this is how I experienced it. There was a trust in, in creativity taking me on a journey and I can remember collecting all of these um newspaper clippings and having them in a box and I just had this moment where I was like there's something there's something I'm supposed to do with these there's something this is taking me somewhere and and at the time I remember stopping I remember just stopping in the middle of my day and just being like hang on Something, there was something on the tip of my tongue, you know, that, that thing where you know there's something that needs to be said. Um, but it had gone. Um, it was like this big magic moment. If you, if you follow Liz Gilbert, there was this idea that kind of hit my soul. Um, but it flitted away far too quickly for me to kind of comprehend it or put it into words or make any plans with it. Um, but I feel like whatever happened within that idea of social commentary, because that essentially, I suppose, what I was saying with creating these collages in my mind that I was going to do with the photography that I was creating alongside these these headlines that just, some of them just seem so bizarre and so banal and so kind of counterintuitive to what I was seeing on the street so it was almost this satire. And, and, I, and I think part of what blocked me back then was that I was looking to other people, to how other people were doing it to guide me um, because I, I still wasn't confident enough in myself to do things my way and to trust that if I just started to put it together, it would guide me somewhere. <laughs> um, I, didn't have, I didn't have that narrative. I didn't have that, that trust in the in the divine in the creative divine that it would it would take me on a journey which is what I have now having having been through the trials and tribulations that I've been through with the creative creative process and the creative structures that we have in society um and that's sort of why where I feel has come full circle or is coming full circle because the drawings that I do like I say they're all about connecting with the the deep feminine the the you know the one that doesn't have a voice currently the one that what she does have a voice she is fierce and she is oftentimes angry or but with righteous anger or that kind of passionate mother's love of like what the hell is going on to my people to my communities to my um you know, to the lineage, to the to the stories. Where, why are the stories not being told? All of these kind of things. This righteous, this righteous anger is there, and she wants to be heard. And so, almost how I feel these drawings are what they're doing. Because again, it's interesting that to to especially so. Let's take the moon phase goddesses. I drew them over six months and I drew them only on their night. 
so that I would draw Kali, who's the full moon goddess, and then I wouldn't draw her again. I would draw her on the full moon night, and then I wouldn't draw her again until the following full moon. So 29 days later. And so that was a structure. That brought me in the masculine structure that I needed to follow a rhythm that was set in stone. You know, you can't change the moon cycle, or I personally can't. Um, but within that structure of the moon cycle, there's this, this feminine flow and I think that is such a perfect analogy it's such a perfect metaphor for what I am finding to be super nourishing to work within is this this structure that yeah is 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 there <laughs> it's not going to change you know it's it's yeah exactly what it needs to be and then yet within that there's so much space to play um and there's so much space to bring in story and there's so much space to 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 um, witness the changes and that was a big thing with that process of over six months drawing a goddess only once a month is that I met her I you know I I was different I was different each month each um, cycle that I met her and she obviously looked different because I'd what you know each time I met her she'd had another day's work on her and so she she had morphed and I had morphed and we had to meet each other where we were so the, the, these different elements of story came in and there's sometimes that I'd look at what I'd done the previous month and be like okay cool that was perfect for last month but I actually she needs more you know, actually, a lot of what I've just drawn last month needs to now be covered over. It needs to be more, needs to be more dark. Needs to be more black. Needs to be more richness. Um, so it was really trusting in the process, trusting in that um, that whatever was meant to eventually end up being seen was meant was would be seen, which it did, and it was perfect. Um, so anyway, coming back again to the drawings, what I feel like. And when I, the, the illustrators online that I really admire and I feel really drawn to and I really celebrate what is coming through at the moment with through illustration. And like I say, illustration, um, you know, typography, all of these different mediums um, have always been used to start revolutions, to comment, comment on what is happening to call out propaganda, to, um, you know, to re release some of that anger, to release some of the anger about how society and people within the society are being treated. Again, like I say, say I, at the age of 22, didn't, didn't understand that I was being paid less. I didn't understand that the reason that I didn't feel safe and empowered to question things within my workplace was because of my conditioning as a girl. And, you know, I'm a privileged, educated white woman. And so in terms of how I've been treated, I know that there are so many more marginalised groups who have even more disadvantages than me that also had no you know no voice no that no 
permission to speak their truth. And so even that experience for me of being essentially silenced, essentially like just grateful for what I had, for grateful for the job that I was given, grateful for having the life that I had, even though I, I didn't have, I didn't feel the permission to ask for more, to say when I was not content. I just had the conditioning of be nice and you'll, you'll get what's you're meant to get. Um, so that's what I did <laughs> for a certain, you know, to a certain extent. Um, and so now what I'm drawing, and I feel like what a lot of women that I see online are drawing is what we know to be true, even if we don't see it very often in the physical world. We're seeing, like I'm seeing drawings of lineage, of women worship, of or the feminine worship, let's say, of celebrating the vulva, of celebrating and decorating and adorning the womb and the womb space. Um, this like acknowledgement of the power of women with a voice. Um, and, you know, the, just acknowledging through illustration and through, yeah, creativity, that journey, that struggle, that, that, crossing over from someone who has been deeply conditioned and is naively and ignorantly like blissfully unaware of the conditioning because there is an absolute beauty in that <laughs> and freedom in that and yet as we come through this portal of understanding that it was not all true maybe none of it was true we don't know um I'm still diving and delving around into that world to find out what, you know, what it was, how much of what I experienced was true with a capital T and what, how much of it was what I was given, you know, what I was conditioned to believe to be true so that I would behave in a certain way and society would continue to function the same way that it had been before. Um, and then, yeah, so for me, again, like recently, these drawings of, of women just deeply interacting with nature, um, of, of this, for me, they're a representation of, of that innate connection through our menstrual cycle, but also just that innate knowing that we have to learn from nature and that, in, in these, you know, whimsical drawings of women sat with her mushroom family or sat with, you know, lying in the moss or sat with her pack of lions. Like, just that recognition that, yeah, we don't see that, you know, every day. <laughs> you don't walk down the street and see a woman, like, just lying in the moss. And yet there's something when we can see it being drawn or being represented through any other creative medium it doesn't need to be drawing um 
and we hear the words being spoken and we recognize that there is a part of us that wants that or there's a part of us that knows the value of that not necessarily that we all have to go and lie down on the moss even though that I think would (laughs) heal an entire generation if if every person regardless of gender um you know could just lie down on the moss for half an hour I think everything would be pretty different (laughs) um but yeah we're starting to we're starting to see it we're starting to see the grandmothers being celebrated for their wisdom through illustration their connection to you know to how would you even say it to like networks that we are not even aware of as as younger people um and also the the connection to that veil that the 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 closer they are to to death is like this the the connection the the thinning of the veil is happening and they're even more deeply connected to the ancestors than than we can be and that's a whole other thing you know like seeing drawings of people like celebrating that connection with our lineages with our with people who are no longer here and also the the death being this most like and birth you know I've seen so many beautiful drawings of about around birth that are just normalizing yeah just normalizing like that we our bodies are built <laughs> for this and yes such gratitude for science and for everything that has come to pass so that you know any issues within the birthing experience can be supported again with the pendulum concept we've gone too far the other way where before there's any problems before there's anything wrong we're already being manipulated and um coerced into making decisions about our bodies that we may not have done without the fear-mongering and the um manipulation of information let's say so again yeah all of these incredible rites of passage that are part of humanity, but but maybe specifically to those who identify as women, those who are born into women's bodies, it's, yes, we're still not at the point where we're seeing them day to day in society. And we know that politically, women's bodies are not seen as important. And yet as we start to see them appear more and more through art and they've always been there I'm not pretending like there's just been some sort of revolution and they're just being created now but I think the more young people who use their creativity within the modern context within the current context it you know again it's this social commentary this social commentary that I had wanted to create when I was when I was 22 that's what's happening for me now is seeing yeah seeing people seeing myself seeing seeing me draw things that I know aren't actually real and yet they represent something they represent a freedom they represent the fact that I have a voice and even though it may not be very loud it's constant it's like this chipping away (laughs) that sounds negative but it's it's this kind of it's it's almost 
I call them creative breadcrumbs for myself so that when I go into a, a self-doubt spiral or I start to question whether my imposter syndrome turns up and I question whether I'm good enough to be doing what I'm doing or all of these different things which for me I, I identify as part of my good girl conditioning um, and part of my need to be the perfectionist has come from because I need to be the best to be worth it you know I need to to prove that I'm worthy of the job that I have um, so the creative breadcrumbs that I create are to remind myself in those moments that hang on a minute like you wrote this stuff you drew this stuff you know there's a deep knowing within your soul within my cells within my body that this is part of my birthright to to know this stuff to 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 connect with these these ideologies and they're not even ideologies you know to connect with this this nature and it's part of my path to bring them bring my own version forward like I say with this little voice that's it's you know she's she's keeping on going she's like right what's what's next what needs to be represented next what needs to be seen what needs to be heard it doesn't matter how many people see or hear it it's like if one person sees or hears it and and for me it's almost like if it's just me even if it's just that I have a wobbly day in two weeks time and I've got this sketchbook of representations of the feminine that remind me of this power that remind me of like my drive and my dedication to bringing that through to having that be in front of me for those moments and to remind the people the women in my life the people that follow me the people that are inspired by the work that I do to also have that you know to have those pieces that those words that representation of an energy of a feeling of a even a, even of a doubt you know I've done some drawings recently of of women in deep despair because I think there's such beauty in that there's such beauty in this again like I say this rite of passage this this portal that many of us traverse through from the conditioning that we were born into into this kind of self-parented self-guided empowered woman with autonomy and it's not fucking easy like it's so uncomfortable and so it's it's again it's that kind of well-used phrase of that we're walking each other home because on the days where I have a wobble someone else is in their power and vice versa when someone else is having a shitty day a hard day and they you know come across a drawing that just reminds them of the of the deep power of rest or of you know celebrating the the beauty and the power of the reproductive system or of following our cyclical wisdom that you know there's just so many little little ways that we might without ever realizing just support someone in a in a moment of need so yeah i'm gonna leave this conversation here 
the rain has just started to pour outside and it feels yeah cleansing like enough has been said for today but it felt very potent this this connection between creativity the feminine and politics and to see to to recognize and to honor that we're all we're all part of that we're all we're all connected to that we're all on this journey we're all political you know like whether we are aware of what's going on in government or not everything we produce everything that we buy is is a political choice um yeah and i'll put in the in the notes in the show notes with this episode i'll put some something that i journaled this morning which feels yeah feels pretty aligned well actually yeah i'll read it now i'll read it now to close us out it's always been political the politics underneath the politics what did that girl want she wanted to comment she wanted to make a difference she wanted to share what she saw through her eyes she wanted to be free she wanted to grow she wanted to scream but she just didn't know what about but she knew something wasn't right she just didn't have the language she wanted to be invisible and have an, an and have the eyes she wanted to see and be like look right fucking here this is the, this is real this is this is happening the power is in the hands of the few yes and the few underestimate the many especially the quiet ones the anxious ones especially the women working through their shit feeling all their pain asking why the newspaper clippings are still in the cupboard covered in post-it notes intelligent inquiries how can they how can these be used time has passed and the words get to come through me now i found the language i drew my map because the one they gave me was wrong i drew because it's a message to myself in the moments when all is lost creative breadcrumbs and for those who are searching too we get to do it together we were never meant to do it alone so don't worry if we don't shout the quiet consistent murmurs are getting louder they're the heartbeat the rhythm of the revolution and they're here to stay thank you for listening today please do follow the firefly creatrix on instagram facebook and youtube for more inspiring content